The You Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Well, we're back for another episode. Welcome back, Father Nicholas. Good to see you, sister. Here we are. It's great to be back. We haven't done, I don't think you and I have been on the podcast together in a little we while. We haven't. We're back. This is great. And we're back with Jacob. Hey. Jacob <laughs> Lennon. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, sister. And so last week we obviously spoke about World Youth Day and did a bit of a World Youth Day wrap up for those of us who were there. Jacob, you went to World Youth Day. I did go to World Youth Day and had an amazing experience. Um, but yeah, it was, World Youth Day was an incredible experience, but it was also really challenging. So because you're a leader of mm. one of our under 18 pilgrimages so yeah uh, going to world youth day in a leadership role is very different to just going and as a 20 21 year old pilgrim yeah sort of, what did did you learn something i learned a lot <laughs> i learned a lot about <laughs> young people nervous um, laugh. some of which i can share with you yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> only a small part no <laughs> so um i learned a lot about how young people often need a lot of time to get ready in the morning and need to be reminded <laughs> to put on sunscreen but but also I learned how um, the Holy Spirit can really transform um, people's hearts if you just let them be open to it. Yeah. And we've been, um, we've been talking with lots of pilgrims since they've been back about sort of unpacking their experience. Is there anything you've been doing over the last couple of weeks? I confess last week that I, I've been listening to the DJ Priest in the car. No. And, and, yeah, really You enjoyed that. And, and, even, and even the World Youth Day theme song like no. on Spotify. It grew on me over time. Um, have you been doing, found yourself doing anything since you've been back? Um, not listening to the World Youth Day song, I can tell you that. No, <laughs> no. so one thing that's really been powerful for me is just sharing the experience with, with other people and even with people who didn't go. Um, and you sort of get the awkward like, oh, yeah, I didn't go to World Youth Day. But um, they also really appreciate hearing about the sort of transformation that happened and, and the young people that have come back hopefully on fire with the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, it's been great to hear other people's stories as well. Yeah, yeah huge crowds at yeah. Holy Hour, actually. Yeah. Like last Thursday, we put a little message out, who wants to come from the, our bus? <laughs> there they all were. It was amazing. Yeah, we, we packed out our regular restaurant, um, absolutely. It and it's great because, and the Archbishop said this all along, that World Youth Day is only a catalyst and that it's really about coming back to Melbourne. Mm. And there is always something nice about travelling and coming back to Melbourne. Like, I don't know about you. For me, there's there's a point on the freeway where you try you come around the corner and you see the skitty the skitty the city skyline. Mm. And like, no matter how beautiful travel has been, there's something I love about coming back to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And I think for our young people, bringing back that gift of World Youth Day and all their experiences back to the church as well is a really important. Uh, part of it so it's been yeah it's been lovely to see um, students at university students back at holy hour already sort of thinking and talking about ways that they can they can share their experience with each other mm -hmm. so it's it good to be back in melbourne it's yeah except for the weather it's i see I'm patchy <laughs> 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 I, i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a summer summer lover okay uh, you're in the wrong city can, yeah yeah <laughs> so but is there anything else you missed while you're away anything that you look forward to coming home having a coffee <laughs> having a good melbourne coffee a good melbourne coffee. it's true there's something particular about melbourne coffee i'm one of those weird people who likes airplane coffee 
Really? No. Yeah. Why? I find that really hard to believe. Yeah. No. Uh, that you know what it is. You know, it's like bad. it's it's reliable. It's reliably bad. Right, yeah, yeah. but you know... You <laughs> it's like <laughs> comfort food. Sister, you lived in the States for how many years? Yeah, I didn't drink coffee in the States. Ah. I only started drinking coffee in when I came to Australia. Okay, well... Mm. There's a story then. Mm. There, there is plenty. Mm-hmm. Well, the only good airplane coffee I had uh, on the way back to Melbourne was on Turkish Airlines because... Turkey obviously has their specialty coffee. So, but other than that, Father, I've never experienced a good airplane coffee. So, no, 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 but it, it doesn't have to be good because you n- know, for me, coffee is about reliability. Really? Mm-hmm. I need to know what I'm going to get. And if I know what I'm going to get, so I, if, in case you haven't picked it up yet, it was. We're going to talk it, about it'll, coffee. It'll, it'll, <laughs> <laughs> it will probably be in the title of the podcast somehow. Um, but we're talking about pot. Uh, coffee. So I'll throw the truth bomb out before the first ad break, and that is, I don't mind coffee from Seven Eleven. Oh gosh! What? <laughs> You're listening to the You Disciple podcast, where we put the you in disciple. Have we sunk so low so already? <laughs> <laughs> so, Father, is it the one dollar price tag? Oh, what is it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're going to get. Wow, Father, this is a bit revealing. Yeah. I would rather have <laughs> a consistently bad coffee than not know what I'm going to get. So is a bad coffee for you having a surprise in the cup? Yeah, or paying mm. money for what you think is going to be a good coffee mm. and getting a cup of burnt milk. How do you graduate from, you know, 7-Eleven coffee to ever trying anything different that is not what you had last time? Well, no. What? How do I? That's a <laughs> <laughs> See, I normally ask the stump the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I revert to a. I'm I'm not unwilling to revert to a Seven Eleven coffee. It's okay. not my favourite coffee. Really? But if I need a coffee, I you know, know that what that will I'd be. I'd rather yeah. drink Blend Forty Three than Ooh. buy a Seven Eleven coffee. But yeah. never international roast. No, no, you have to pay. I I do not drink instant coffee. Okay. Really? So I want. So you cannot survive at John Paul Two House <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so at the moment at JP Two House, we've got no Nespresso pods. Yeah. So it's, it's a sad week. Yeah. But I, I, we know. are looking for a sponsor for the podcast. <laughs> so Nespresso, if you want to, you want to help us out here. Okay. Well, we had some elevated things to say about coffee culture, actually. Well, Jacob did. That's why I brought him on the show. <laughs> Because we have spent way too many hours speaking about coffee. I've yeah. learned a lot from Jacob. Partly also I've learned that Jacob's an import. He's not a native of Melbourne person. Mm. But he actually likes Melbourne to the point where he could foresee living here in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So I moved here in 2015 and very quickly fell in love with the coffee culture um, mm. here in Melbourne. I didn't really drink coffee much, um, but it's sort of... Um, in my household, it started becoming a bit more of a cultural thing and having a coffee in the morning with my parents or whatever. Um, and then that kind of graduated to going to coffee shops and, you, you know, actually had money to go. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, Once I got the, the job. City. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and I think for, for mum and I personally, it was a really good bonding experience. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is the thing with coffee. So coffee has become a big social thing and in Melbourne a massive social thing like this is part of what keeps us together (laughs) but there's a history toward that right yeah so obviously in in Melbourne primarily initially the Italians brought the coffee but also there's been a real development of the coffee culture around lots of different cultures Mm. um 
But um, one thing that sister were talking about before the podcast was this idea of the coffee houses, which is um, architecturally speaking, there's um, places like on Collins Street that were traditionally four coffee houses where you'd come together in groups and actually have business meetings over those coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like different. If you get together to have a drink, but it's not alcoholic. What do you drink? That conversation is very different mm. than the conversation you have around a bar. Yeah. True. Yeah, see, I'm I'm going to be <laughs> really no. controversial. Coffee is a solitary thing for me. Really? Oh. So I'm, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Let's just step outside while you drink Yeah, exactly. Well, I drink the, the largest coffee in the... Yeah. No, so so I, I completely get what you're saying, but yeah. for me, I coffee alone is actually a really good thing. Coffee, laptop, headphones, mm. cafe, other people around, but... They're you're, not talking you're doing to you. Your thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there you it's, go. it's a very – it means different things to different people. Okay. Well, apparently in Melbourne it was kicked off by this kind of temperance movement, like people who are not drinking alcohol, you mm. know, so that coffee became the substitute. So it's like a social drink yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. which um, I suppose has its origins in pre-enlightenment um, social, social sort of changes. So in the medieval period – you know, people would drink alcohol or beer as, as their sort of social. But um, as coffee was imported from the Middle East and started developing its own um, culture in Europe, um, people started – I suppose the smarter people would come together in their in their coffee shops and discuss ideas. Um, and there was actually a big coffee culture at um, the University of Oxford. Yeah. Um, that was a really important part of them the developing. Inklings, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So – um, and I suppose that idea is still really present today. Like business meetings happen over coffees every day um, yeah. all around Melbourne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And that's definitely a case for our office. We did it, we yes. did it this morning. We it was did. like the meeting started by us, let's go and get a coffee. Mm-hmm. And the meeting ended up being over the coffee rather than in a meeting room. Yeah. And I wonder how much that might have changed in different sort of businesses and workplaces since COVID and yeah. people sort of working remotely. But well, Even when we went last year, a whole bunch of students went to see the documentary put together on the lost city of Melbourne, which is all the architecture in Melbourne. And mm. they had great images of the coffee houses and that whole culture. And when I went into Brunetti's and I saw all that the kind of ceiling to floor images, it's that that that's kind of capturing mm. this environment that there was. And actually Brunetti's is kind of interesting because yeah. you have this round it's table thing where, you know, they're making unique. the coffee yeah. in the middle. Yeah. And it's all very Yeah, and obviously the Italian coffee culture stemming from Ligon Street and Brunetti's is a huge part of the culture. Yeah. 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 My one of my favorite places to drink coffee here in Melbourne is Pellegrini's on Burke Street Mm -hmm. and it's probably the closest thing you get to an Italian Mm. well it's an Italian it's a very traditional Italian restaurant Mm. where you sit at the bar Mm -hmm. but you can still walk in and buy an espresso uh, and stand at the bar right and Mm. so again even even though we have brought the Italian coffee culture to Melbourne Mm. we've actually changed it because one of the things I love about Rome is that if you do just drink a short black or an espresso, you can stand at the bar, pay one euro fifty, maybe two euros max, yeah, um, and you don't pay for the table, you don't pay for the service, mm. and you definitely don't pay for the milk. Right, like mm. it's cheaper to drink an espresso standing up than it is to order yeah. a cappuccino yeah. and sit down at a table. Where most places in Melbourne, 
Yeah, not so much. We not didn't we really, didn't bring that yeah. bit of the Italian, no. Italian culture. We we sort of decided that it was better to sit down all together and sort of slowly drink our very milky based drinks. I mean, the the flat white was invented in Australia and I think there's a reason for that because we like our kind of lingering sort of drinks in, in the sense that you sit down and you're drinking a large coffee like there's lots there but th- that's part of the experience socially yeah yeah I, I was uh mildly corrected by Jacob when I got home after I said oh when I went to World Youth Day we're in Lisbon we had we just got addicted to espressos because they were very uh efficient <laughs> and he's mm. like espresso black espresso there's a problem <laughs> with that that's not real coffee no well, well th- th- that is real coffee from a cultural sense in yeah. Europe um, but I suppose the Melbourne coffee culture that I've sort of grown up around has been really those espresso-based drinks yep. but with milk. Milk. And that there's actually a reason that you drink espresso with milk, that, that, that there's these... Yeah, this is what I learned from you. Tell us. So <laughs> <laughs> this is very scientific, but I don't know how scientific. But anyway, so w- within coffee is these, is these molecules called ta- tannins and they're actually sort of neutralised by milk to some extent and muted the flavour of them. So when you actually m- mix the espresso and milk together, you're actually getting a complete experience. It's it's probably likened to drinking champagne and cheese or wine and cheese. Mm. The um, tannins in ch- um, wine are actually um, sort of mu- muted by the cheese and they actually flow together really well. So there you go. Yeah. It's the full experience. Wh- where did you learn this? <laughs> oh, just, just, just scrolling. Doom scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Third year psychology student at Australian <laughs> <Catholic> University. <laughs> <laughs> you know that we, we've had an influence on the international coffee scene. How? So we are the inventors of the Mick Cafe. Yeah, we are Melbourne. Which Melbourne is which is a step above the Seven <laughs> Eleven coffee. I just <laughs> like, why, why are we proud of this? <laughs> no, no. So we have helped franchise be, because of our coffee culture. McCafe, which is now in McDonald's all around the world, first mm. started in Collingwood, just a yeah. just a street, mm. uh, just a few streets from the cathedral here. But the other thing was that we were one of the places where Starbucks changed its mm. business model. Well, Starbucks died. Yeah, yeah. but it, it it affected the way that they ran their franchises around the world after it almost died in Melbourne. Wow! Because they thought that they could just come in and replicate, yeah. and and it didn't work. And so then they've now changed. And mm. so Starbucks um, in every different country it goes to uh, takes on part of the coffee drinking culture now because they learned that lesson from mm. coming well, to like Melbourne. So any good company would do that. Like Cadbury, I used to work for Cadbury. And when you make chocolate, like Cadbury chocolate is awesome, but the taste buds of people in China are different to the taste buds of someone in London. And so you actually adapt it. So Cadbury in China tastes completely different to Cadbury mm. in London. Next next podcast dun, dun. episode, <laughs> chocolate, chocolate in the world. Yeah, let's do it. I didn't. Okay, makes a lot of sense, but that's why I hate chocolate in America. Yeah, it's mm. it's soap. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's anyway. so different to to our our Cadburys. It's bad news. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> okay, I have another thought. So coffee, the social thing. Here's the problem. I used to drink hot water because I didn't want to be addicted to anything. Okay, so I would just have hot water. I wouldn't have tea. I have nothing else regularly. I'm like, no, I don't need to depend on anything. Mm. Then when I got to Australia as a sister and everyone invites you over and uh, what would you like? I'll just have some hot water. Like, why? It was a whole conversation. So I actually, for me, it was an act of charity to just just acquiesce and have Mm. the coffee. Um, Yeah. 
But the problem was then when people take you out to coffee, I get totally overwhelmed because I have no idea what to order. Yeah. And yeah. so I just go, oh, yeah, cappuccino. I have no idea because I don't know what they are. <laughs> so what are your favourite things to order and what's the difference? It's a really good question. I mean, for me, it used to be a cappuccino. I loved the, the chocolate on top. Um, but mm. I've recently sort of, I don't know, graduated, some people would say, to a latte, you know, a, more, s- a more sort of adult drink. Um, but there's obviously lots of different interpretations of those drinks. What, Father, what's your favourite coffee? See, I feel like I'm about to be... Um, I'm about to be Going back to 7-Eleven? No. <laughs> no, 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 I'm about to be in trouble. <laughs> so I drink, I drink an Almond Magic. Almond Magic. magic. What does that mean? <laughs> so for anyone who lives outside of Melbourne uh, mm. that might stumble across this podcast they're going to go what so ma- magic's a very melbourne very inner city drink, uh, yeah. drink. yeah uh so it's a double ristretto mm-hmm. with some hot milk yeah uh so as opposed to a macchiato which mm-hmm. is uh is that a single ristretto no so that's an espresso, espresso. with hot milk with hot, with hot milk, milk. Yeah. stained with hot milk yeah from the it's London word a small m- amount yeah um Macchiato. Oh, like um, a stain, yeah. 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 Like immaculate without stain. No. Oh. So, macchiato with stain. Look at this. We're getting all complicated. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, so I drink yeah. a magic, an almond magic. Yeah. Why well, almond milk? You're just not, not a fan of... Uh, there was you graduated oh, from you know oat milk. I did. I used to hate the taste of oat, uh, almonds <laughs> and soy milk because yeah. uh-huh. it ruined the coffee. Yeah. And then when I, I was in the States yeah. and discovered oat milk before yeah. it was cool. Ooh. Yeah, in and Nashville. Our oh, really sisters went Nashville. and bought oat okay. milk for Father Nick. Oh, it was wow. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Are we telling the story? <laughs> 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 yeah. they, with my accent, they thought I was talking about oatmeal. Oh, <laughs> no. So, like, you wanted, they thought you wanted porridge. They something. thought I wanted yeah. oatmeal yeah. at all different times of the day. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so... But then I, someone said to me that oat milk has a lot of sugar in it. So yeah. I've yeah. then moved to almond milk and now I, I don't like oat milk anymore. So there you it's, go. It's, it's mm. good. It's you know what you're getting. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah. A bit less Someone scary. squeezes those Especially when you drink a lot of coffee. So I drink yeah. a lot of coffee and I drink a lot of large cups of coffee. Mm. Um, What's a lot? How many do you drink a day? <gasps> Public confession. <laughs> <laughs> like is, are there too many? Is it? Is there a, is there Do you a think max? there's a point, a, you know, a moral well, I standpoint? D- I, I think this goes to your point earlier, sister, about it being a social thing. Like mm. I, I, I spend a lot of time in meetings and before mm. you know it, it could be three or four different people, different meetings, and it's yeah. like, let's go grab a coffee. Yeah. And it's like, before you know it, you drank a lot. Yeah. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, Like five? People think it's the Holy Spirit, but it's it's really just... It's really ca- caffeine. caffeine yeah. pumping, pumping through well, my system. Why do you think, um, yeah, God gave us caffeine then, Father? It's, yeah. it's a gift. Exactly. <laughs> well, but also you've got to remember I was sensitised because the seminary here in Melbourne is on is a like street Lycon from Lycon Street, Lycon street mm. where mm. Melbourne's coffee culture was yeah, born. So exactly. I yeah. spent seven years. And before I went to the seminary, I wasn't drinking a lot of coffee. Really? So it was actually the seminary that turned you into a coffee uh, drinker? It was. You yeah. have to tell the Archbishop. Uh, do about this. But it was also that social thing. It was that thing of, okay, you, you can't drink at 10 a.m. in the morning. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you're going to go out and do something, what do you do? You go, you go and drink a coffee. Yeah. I mean, it's always a great starting point with any relationship, whether it's with someone. <laughs> <laughs> whether it's with someone that you want to be involved with romantically or if it's with someone <laughs> <laughs> that you just want to be friends with. It's always a perfect starting point. We also, um, we at the seminary had... Um, a little hot plate in our little common kitchen uh-huh. with a um, a stove top espresso maker. 
Yeah. And above it, we frame this great quote from Fulton Sheen. So I don't know if you've mm. heard it, but it's that the average American physically, biologically, psychologically, or neurolo- neurologically is unable to do anything worthwhile before he has a cup of coffee. Now, that might, that might explain something. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Oh, you use more? He then proceeds and it goes for prayer too. So you can't even pray without coffee. So even sisters in convents whose rules were written before electric percolators were developed would be due, uh, would do well to update their procedures. Wow. Okay, this is what scandalized me when I went to the States. I go into the convent. I've never drank coffee in my life. And before prayers, everyone has coffee. Wow. <laughs> oh, and wow. I also learned this because one day I like had coffee and mass got moved and I was freaking out, ran mm. to find a priest. Can you dispense me? In the United States, coffee is not counted. Does like you wow. can. Ah, so black coffee. Yeah. Black coffee. Really? Not it's not part of the fast. No. Not really. Now. <laughs> Controversial, <laughs> and we will get complaints, and we. Yeah, will, but yeah. it's true. It's um, actually an official thing. It is, yeah. and I, I was so um, confused that I sought clarification mm. from a rather high-ranking um, American cardinal who I bumped into this day at this thing, and I'd heard his name uh, thrown around, Cardinal Burke. Okay, and yeah, I heard yeah. his name thrown out. Cardinal Burke said it's okay, and yeah. so Ooh. this was when he was the head of oh, the yeah, penitentiary. Or yeah, something. yeah, so like. Big kind of lawyer, and yeah. oh, Cardinal Burke has said it's okay. And so I saw him one day at a social thing, and I said, "Can I just ask you a question? Because <laughs> I've heard this attributed to you." Uh-huh. And he's like, "No, black coffee there does not break yeah, the fast." You, now you you, you do that with your spiritual director <laughs> listening today. But that's T- in take America. That on your conscience, oh, or is really? it in around the world? Well, <laughs> America can't have a particular law no, about I the fast. I think actually the bishops made it. Actual decision. Oh, really? Oh, no. like, <laughs> 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 Apologise to all those people that I've misled over the years. Well, let's you know maybe well, you can ask America. Bishop Thomas. Yeah, like, should Melbourne make should Melbourne, Melbourne follow yeah. suit? Yeah. Considering the strength of our coffee culture, what do you think? But <laughs> e- e- even if we even if we take the fast <laughs> and go in a mass out of it, that that comment that. Um, the average person cannot do anything mm. before their first cup of coffee, including prayer. Like mm. when w- when do you have your first cup of coffee? My first cup of coffee is before my morning prayer or yeah. during my morning prayer. Yeah, during your morning yeah. prayer, <laughs> depending Hi on Jesus, how quickly I need to get <laughs> off the get out the door. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is really funny. Okay, so where do you go to have coffee in Melbourne? Um, for me, it's it's there's lots of different cafes that have different experiences. Yeah. So offer. when you're looking for, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Where do you go? For why? Um, so for me, just my sort of daily coffee would just be um, going down to Market Lane in, in Carlton, but they're based in, in Brunswick. They they specialise in obviously specialty coffee, um, which is really that that it's really the representation of the Melbourne coffee culture, as opposed to the sort of Italian or Greek or whatever. Um, it's like we've we're roasting our own coffee here, and mm-hmm. it's got our flavour profiles, um, and it's got all our bells and whistles that we wanted to have for the experience of the average drinker here who's we i don't know if i'm <laughs> part of that we but uh, you know i probably should learn how to yeah appreciate did you it. just say flavor profile yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have coffee tastings <laughs> anyway so uh, i mean when we talk about flavor profiles i mean it's especially prevalent in uh pour over coffee which um is generally dr- drunk black it's like tea. It's like the yeah. tea of coffee. Yeah, exactly. Mm. When people talk about like loose leaf tea, it's kind of 
what that, the that coffee experience. equivalent. Yeah. It, and you drink it as an experience rather than just for the caffeine content, <laughs> I think. Yeah, because you've well. messed up the tannins again. <laughs> <laughs> I, used to, um, I, I used to drink coffee at a place that did pour over. Yeah. And you'd get this little tasting card. Yeah. Oh. And there, it used to be the most pretentious sort of th- – and uh, um, the job that we would have as a group sitting around the table is to un, um, un – Pretentious and <laughs> whatever, yeah. Take away the pretension, okay, and yeah. make it. And so there was this one where it was like, and the beans have spent um, <laughs> thirteen days drying in the sun on on a on a purpose-built veranda in the morning, and we're like. <laughs> They were in a warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely in a warehouse. Um, yeah. Someone so. threw them on the roof. Yeah, yeah. You can, exactly. you can. There, there's the coffee in Vietnam that yeah, gets Vietnamese coffee. Yeah, eat, uh, eaten by a mongoose. Oh and yes, yes. Passed through the gastrointestinal <laughs> tract, and and it takes away the bitterness. So yeah, apparently it's. I've never had it myself, but apparently it tastes good. So there go. there's, there's some sort of science behind that. Yeah, I I think uh, for me. There's, I've got a number of places that sort of stick in mind. There's a place near my church and after Mass on a Sunday, um, we all stand around for the appropriate time whilst yeah. the uh, older parishioners drink the instant coffee from the styrofoam cups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then as a group of young adults and you just take it, you join. We go to a cafe. We go to a cafe, But again, that is a social thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's not as much about the good coffee or the bad mm. coffee. Oh, yeah. Um, I think if I'm going on my own, I'm not going to tell you where I go because I've got a couple of places that I don't, I don't take anyone to mm. because it's actually where I go and I'll take my headphones and I'll take yeah. my laptop and I'll – like it's my, my man cave. Mm. Uh, but the other place for me is the Spring Street Cellar. Which is on Spring Street here? I've never been. Oh no, Spring Street Grocer. Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, Spring Street. And Grocer. they're the only yeah, place yeah. here that's open after three p.m. Mm. So I know it's so crazy. You can't yeah. get yeah. coffee here. So th- like. this is the other weird thing about Melbourne is that we love our coffee, but we close our cafes. You know, usually around three or four. Drives me crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but someone, someone stay open till five. Yeah, yeah. and then the <laughs> only reason that place is open because it's because gr- it's a grocer and they've got to have someone there to make the coffee. But it's also well, actually right. really good coffee. Oh, and absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's wonderful to find a place that does good coffee. Mm. And is open at that time, unless you go back to McCafe. Well, or no, 7-11. but this is the thing. Yeah. Like that, that's the <laughs> yeah. only other option. And it's yeah. like, well, no, no, I, I, I want a good coffee. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I'd be forced to go to Seven Eleven, no. which would be a crime. Yeah, <laughs> a crime against <laughs> coffee. <laughs> This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. So I just want to um, defend myself against the 7 <laughs> <laughs> There is something comforting about a coffee. And I suppose that's mm. the thing. And that's for me... It, that, 7-Eleven, it's about necessity sometimes. Mm. You're driving and it's the only thing that you can get. But there is something for me, 7-Eleven coffee and airline coffee, I know what I'm going to get. And I think that's – you get that from your your local cafe yeah, as well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I hate it when the local cafe gets new beans. Oh. And it's just like yeah. – <laughs> What you lost doing? something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you didn't ask my question. So like I can't do airline coffee, by the way, because last time – did I tell you this? It was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I caught the plane home from America 
like 15 hour flight from Dallas. Oh wow. And in the first 45 minutes they serve you your meal. <laughs> and they served me my drink and it spilled all over no, me. No. <laughs> and you're in your white habit. And there's 15 no, hours. There's nowhere there's nowhere to hide no. in a Dominican habit. It was no. hilarious. I won't tell you the rest of the story, but it was pretty hilarious. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yep. Really nice um people in Qantas. They were nice. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yes. Um coffee jacob what would you do without it oh um i I don't know what i'd do without it for me it's um it's a comfort thing it's a social thing it's a part of (laughs) it's the vibe it's the vibe (laughs) it's the constitution no so (laughs) um but it's it's just a real part of like my morning routine and my routine of the day um and i suppose it's it's a it's a time when i kind of if I if I am going by myself like you, father, you kind of ground. It's a time to ground yourself in what you're doing and kind of take a step back and go, okay, I'm going to have a coffee and sort of collect what what you need to do and put yourself on the front foot. Really, right? That's that's what it's about. Um, and I think um, I really like using that as a way to then springboard into study or its work or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a really important place in my heart. Um, yeah, <laughs> one one of my favorite Camino photos is actually from this little village, and it's just an espresso cup of mine, and I think there's like a banana peel there. Yeah, and I used it in a talk that I gave once to, and I said, "What none of you realize is it's my second coffee." Mm. And I said, uh, it, "It was I think the third or fourth time I'd walked the Camino, and I knew what was coming." And I'd, I'd done it before and so I'd sent all the other pilgrims off yeah. and secretly stayed and had a second uh. coffee. And like I like it because it just reminds me of that thought that it's okay to treat yourself like sometimes mm. and I think that oh, that's yeah. what coffee can can be and yeah. well, any kind of sort of uh, warm drink I suppose but just that idea that it's okay to actually go, do you know what, life's mm. pretty hard, I've, I've got a yeah. full day, I... Um, I need to take some time. I for need myself. to take some time yeah. for myself. Like yeah. it's it, it, and it's okay to do that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I hear a lot of people argue and say, "Oh, how can you spend so much on takeaway coffee?" Um, but if it's an important part of how you sort of do what you need to do, then I think that's a that's an expense that's worth the cost um, for me personally. Last coffee of the day. What time? Yeah. Oh, it really depends on my day. Sometimes four. Um, yeah, but oh. but often if I want to get to bed like before midnight, then maybe at two. <laughs> oh wow! wow. What it, it doesn't affect me no. that way. Really, no, no. you yeah. don't. You don't. It doesn't affect you. Favorite yeah. coffee of the day is an espresso after a really good dinner. Really, yeah. it's no, just I the can't uh, do it. the icing on the cake. Yeah, it's good. It's excellent. So when you finish a a, a brilliant meal on Ligon Street. An espresso is the only way to end. Yeah, yeah, the absolutely. only way. Yeah. Well, one of the the last gifts someone gave me on World Youth Day was a very sweet espresso mug from P- Portugal. So it has all little tiles on it. It's very yeah. very cute. But yeah, it was um, great. One thing I'd like to uh, touch on uh, a cult- I lived at a, a college, and one of the one of the things we'd always do as a, f- a group of friends is we'd go and sit in a friend's room. Um, and they had a coffee machine set up there and we'd all sit around and drink either a coffee or a hot chocolate. And that was our way of sort of decompressing after, you know, the college experience or whatever. Mm. Um, and it was a really good bonding experience because it was sort of, it was it was the cafe on campus, but it was the, it was the cafe for us. So yeah. nice. w- worst things you can do than drink coffee. Absolutely. Yeah. Done. Go get yours. It's, t- it's, a, it's still going. 
podcast sponsored by Ander. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's been great to chat, Jacob. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Father. Yeah, thanks Thanks for coming in and sharing your wisdom. No worries. Yeah. Sharing your addiction. (laughs) Passion. (laughs) Next week's topic, when does a passion become an addiction? Ooh, (laughs) great question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keeping uh, in mind all of our students at the moment who are heading into those final few weeks, so coffee might be... (laughs) Uh, a little more needed over the next Absolutely. couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. And to all those students at JP2 House who are without coffee at the moment, Andrew. We're praying <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. God bless. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, Thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The You Disciple podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne. Thank you.